Live from the 93.7 The Ticket Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, this is Inside the Huddle with Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, Jay Foreman. Fires a pass, and it's intercepted by the Huskers at the 25, Jay Foreman. And Foreman takes it down to the 19-yard line of Oklahoma. Another big play by the Blackshirts. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Sponsored by Advanced Medical Imaging. Welcome back. This is Jay Foreman inside the huddle brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We are live uh, from 10, 1040 O Street. Advanced Medical Imaging is located at 7601 Pioneers Boulevard. Uh, can help you with all of your, um, well, for me, you know, obviously MRI needs. Uh, they do a lot of, you know, innovative things with uh, concussions and stuff like that. So big shout out to Dr. Uh, Razdan and Dr. Finn. They'll be in this month. They're going to come in every other month on old school and we're going to discuss the unique injury. So obviously this is a Super Bowl wrap up. So um Dr. Finn and or Dr. Razan are going to come in. I'm definitely going to ask him about the Achilles injuries because uh obviously it's uh was rampant in the NFL this year. Um you know, it might be, you know, just like a, I think a year or two ago a lot of ACLs and stuff like that, but I always feel like, you know, uh, obviously Dre Greenlaw being 26 prime of his career. Uh, you know, I always want to ask um, some of these guys, Harrison, before we get into our or my thoughts on the um, uh, Super Bowl and what's up next for the NFL, because they definitely need to be on notice. It's the same thing I said about when Bama won the national championship with a bunch of freshmen. You mm -hmm. are in trouble. You are now been put on notice and the clock is ticking. But um, is, you know, with the, uh, you know, Achilles injuries, is it because of the linebackers now are so small and it seems like they're so muscle bound? Right. And it's also sometimes that, you know, we'll discuss concussions with Dr. Razin and Dr. Finn is, you know, when you get so lean and so muscle bound and, you know, we see these guys, you know, supposedly 230 pounds, they list you at six one when you're probably about five eleven. you know, where is, I would say to have the good fat on you. Right. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, look, I didn't have a six pack. I had a, you know, two abs and a couple 22s. You could, you saw there was abs there, but they weren't coming through. You know, I, I had a couple abs, and that's about it. And I felt like I was pretty, pretty lean myself. But um, obviously, after seeing Patrick Mahomes after the AFC Championship, I felt a lot better about myself at uh, 48 years old. So, anyways, uh, Super Bowl. You know, the one thing I, I've taken away from the playoffs in general about the Chiefs, which is, I wish, you know, people gave more credit to, and also if I was a coach. At any level, I, that's what I mean. Granted, they got great players. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame tight end, um, and then obviously a Hall of Fame coach, and you know some really dominant players on both sides of the ball, young and and a little bit veteran. But the toughness that they have, yep. and the ability to be, I would say, you know, portable. Right? Can you take your game anywhere, any place, anytime? And the ability to adjust. That's what. That's really what it comes down to. Right. Yeah. I mean, you never saw them panic. I know people and Travis Kelsey talks about when we bumped into Andy Reid, but that wasn't that wasn't panic on his face. I was like, get me in this game so we can go take care of business. Like right. I, you didn't ever see them go near that panic button. They always looked no. cool and collected. Yeah. And, and they, they probably had some panic, but it was internal and they've mm -hmm. been there before. One, they're well prepared. Obviously, it, you know, we'll get into maybe in the second segment about overtime rules, play calling and the difference between calling plays to win a championship versus calling plays 
um, like a regular game or you get caught up in the in the moment. And that happens, man. I mean, it does. When, I mean, as much as the players get caught up in moments and don't play their play their best, you see a lot of quarterbacks that do it. Obviously, because they're high profile position. Heck, you know, remember Sam, Sam Darnold when they when he played <laughs> essentially ruined his career yeah. when he was with the Jets, playing almost at a Pro Bowl level. Played the Jets on like a Sunday night or Monday night. And the Jets just baffled him, right? Mm -hmm. And his quote was, "I was seeing ghosts out there," <laughs> yeah. and that's what happens. You and I've been there, it, you know, I, and I've done it. I've had games where I just didn't. Hey, look, dude, I was caught up in the. It, it wasn't me playing, mm -hmm. right? It was like I played one week, one or well, games prior. So the previous Sunday I played, you know, pretty well, and played a game that maybe I wanted too much. Maybe I was too individually focused, and then you just it just never you just never get I always say you never get out of stuck on stupid. You're always stuck on like second gear. Yeah, you know what I mean. And coach, it can happen to coaches. Mm -hmm. It can. You can get too amped. You hear you know having the privilege of a lot of these student athletes, a lot of the football players, they'll even talk about like the tunnel, mm -hmm. how exciting it is. Yeah. But they said like when they get out, they actually need to like yeah. drop back down because right. they get so. Amped, amped up, up right and they and, lose focus on the game plan yeah and then and that and that that can hurt the way you start and then it could hurt your you know the way you because and, and that's all about experience right mm -hmm. and people are looking at andy reed right now right as the head coach tightened up but they forget andy reed and philly how many times philly had home field advantage nfc championship playoff trick it off mm -hmm. tampa bay goes up there and wins like 10-9 and, and donovan McNabb seals it with a pick six or Green Bay goes, you know, used to go in there and beat him. Mm -hmm. Nobody was scared to go into Philly, and Andy Reid was at fault. Then he comes to Kansas City with all those scars, you know, and he did get to the Super Bowl and lost to the Patriots, uh, but they didn't play well, right? And so you had his his tenure at Philly. Andy Reid wouldn't have been a Hall of Fame coach. Well, then he comes to the Chiefs, and he, you know, gets Patrick Mahomes. And it, well, first he has Alex Smith, and he gets a a organization that believes in him, and he takes everything he's learned, and maybe in a different city, different organization, and timing is huge, and the rest is history. And then now, where you have Kyle Shanahan, that's that has to beat the rap that Andy Reid used to have. It started out with the the Atlanta Falcons, twenty eight three. Mm -hmm. All he had to do was call two run plays in the last two series. You're Super Bowl champion. Okay, you lose. Right now, ideally. Isn't on the play caller when you have a twenty-five point lead defense. You got to get a stop. You stopped them to hold them for the three points. Yeah, you can't stop them one time. Okay, so but ultimately, you controlled the clock to run out the game, mm -hmm. um, and you got away from the run. That's example number one. Happens a lot. I can point right. out a few. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it happens a lot more now than it does in the past, and there's a, there's a reason for it. And I'll tell you after this point. Then you get to be the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. And you're beating the Chiefs. Now, everybody will talk about play calling there, which is kind of a little bit through it too much. But if Jimmy Garoppolo hits that wide open Sanders, then you are world champions. You it, Like, for the pay rate that Jimmy Garoppolo was making and what you traded for him, he has to make that play. Yeah. Okay, you lose that Super Bowl, right? Now, then you get back last year and you realize early – that you overdrafted for Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, who you cut, brought back because Trey Lance got hurt. Mm -hmm. And then Brock Purdy's your best quarterback, takes the league by storms, energizes your program. He gets hurt, the, I think, the second play in the game, out for the game. Yeah, it was early. Right, and then you get a chance this year, and 
you seem like you just glossed over things and you really were, this is where people need to understand, understand is that the way Kansas city got to the super bowl, they were ready battle tested. You know who they were like, remember when, um, green Bay was the number six seed and they went and they beat Pittsburgh eventually down in Dallas. Mm-hmm. They were battle tested. Yeah. I mean, bills, Ravens, who is the, which one Dolphins. am I missing here? Dolphins. They yeah. blew the Dolphins at, out, out of home. Very physical with them. I remember it was like maybe the third or fourth coldest game in NFL history. Yeah, that was a so, game I think most people were writing the Dolphins off. But still, still that's a they powerful had to do, offense where right. if you walk they in, they're to, not ready. And they had to do what they had to do. And the, and the Dolphins got healthy then. And Chiefs should have won that game. They were at home. But they were not. I think they were 9-7 and seven or 9-whatever mm-hmm. and whatever they were. Or 10-7 and seven going into that game. Well, then they go on the road to Buffalo. Right? Josh Allen, who plays phenomenal. Um, and they make one play when the defense makes one mistake, and then obviously they miss the field goal. Battle test that go on a road on the road first time for Patrick Mahomes, right? Win that game. Well, then they thought Baltimore would be the savior. You got the MVP, right? No, this honestly got true. Yeah, right? I thought so. I was part the, of that the, game. The number one defense, and guess what happens? Andy Reid out coaches their defensive coordinator and their offensive coordinator. All by his play calls, he's like, "Oh, Baltimore, you like to you like to rush the passer. Well, let's see how like how much you like to chase our like guys around. Seventeen passes at the line of scrimmage or seven yards, either behind the line of scrimmage or seven yards. Just ran them out of the gym, and then also they forgot to run the ball. Yep. Then you look at the flip side of San Francisco. Green Bay goes out there right after beating Dallas." Jordan Love, everybody's like, okay, okay, you beat Dallas. Now, Green, now San Francisco had beat the brakes off of Green Bay physically for like the last four years. Now they're on the road. So you got to think, they flew down to Dallas, Green Bay did, won that game, flew back to Green Bay, go all the way to the West Coast. Green Bay dominated that game for 55 minutes. And they gave you the game all by that tip. Uh, it was a tip interception. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit too high on a check down. That was a change of the game. But up until then, San Francisco looked what? Unprepared, unmotivated, and a lack of physicality. But they found a way to win. Well, here comes Dan Campbell with these upstart Detroit Lions. Again, two drop passes by Reynolds. You get on a heater. You get the 50-yard reception that goes off the defender's face mask. The momentum going. So what I'm saying is, is this. Is the Chiefs showed up battle-ready. Or battle tested, iron. I mean, and that knife and or sword as sharp as I'll get out. The same. I wouldn't say luck, but they've had a lot of lucky things going on, San Francisco to get to this point. Yeah, that's a good point because if you're looking at the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, you could break down all those games, and there isn't that critical play. It's like, man, if you miss that one, it's, the game's going the other way. Right. You you look at the 49ers run. There's quite a few of those plays. In particular, right. that Lions game. Right. I, I thought for sure they were going to lose it until, like well, you said, at the very end there. Two drop passes. Mm-hmm. Dan Campbell going for it on fourth down. When the I like I was fine with all of them, but the one time when when San Francisco was making the run, yeah. I think it was like 27, 24, 17 or something like that. Yeah, he got, just take the points. Take the points. Now, but now the kicker was suspect though. So I understand it. But I'd rather take the points or try to take the points than keep going. I'd rather have a fourth down go for it when I really need it. But he might re-sign that kicker just so he can keep arguing. <laughs> Right, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go and, if you, and if you know Dan Campbell, he's gonna do it. But you know, so I think like when San Francisco showed up, yes, they had confidence because they made it that far. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't have internally; they couldn't. 
because number one is like their offense wasn't consistent through the playoffs and they weren't physical uh, like through four quarters. Now, I do think they've, they found a way to close games running the ball with McCaffrey, Green Bay, and Detroit. But the first three quarters, it was no, it was no, no go. And then also, defensively for San Francisco, they were leaky against the run all year long. And when you have either all pros or Pro Bowl guys and high-paid guys on, on the first two levels, that should never happen. I know Steve Wilkes obviously – you know, got blamed for it, and he was the scapegoat. But that you got to take pride in it. So when San Francisco showed up, and I saw this actually when when me and Jake were down there at opening night, when the Chiefs were there, it was pure confidence, legit confidence. They're battle tested. They've been they're the defending champs. Number one, mm-hmm. number two, they've earned their way to get here. Mm-hmm. And when there's back is against the wall, they've been able to pull away right. every single time. Right. So actually, the closer the game. The- the you better, feel pretty good. <laughs> they, the, the more they, they like that game grimy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So the way they walked around, yes, they had swagger and, and all that stuff, and and you could say a cocky or arrogance, but it was legit though. Where I felt like San Francisco, who was the crowd favorite, was more manufactured, right? Mm-hmm. More worried about their outfits and and trying to tell people that they're tough, trying to show it. And when you got there Sunday. The rubber hit the road, and San Francisco had control of the game. But that little like difference between battle tested and real, true mental toughness and physical toughness—I always talk about spiritual toughness—was definitely on Kansas City side versus San Francisco. And it wasn't just the players either; mm-hmm. it was the coaching staff, right? It just offensively—you came out just obliterating Kansas City in the run game. And then every single time you ran it on first down when you when Kansas City knew you had been running on first down and you didn't run it on second or third down. And you ended up going three and out anyways. McCaffrey was still picking up 3.7 yards of carry. Right. <laughs> like still, yeah, still. Despite the incredibly predictable play calling. Right. And the, and the thing is, here's where I knew San Francisco lost the game. People don't even probably won't even talk about this play. George Kittle got hurt. And I'll get in on George Kittle here very yeah, soon. Yeah, there's a play on. Uh, so George Kittle got hurt. So he had to go into the, you know, the blue tent and whatever. So they had to bring in their their third tight end. And it was like a third and two or whatever. Well, they San Francisco runs a lot of either 21 personnel or, or 12, mm-hmm. which is essentially for them the same. Um, so then they came with 12 personnel. So 12 personnel is one running back, which is the one. And then 12 is the tight ends, right? So that's what the defensive personnel is like. And... They were trying to run inside outside zone, more of an outside zone. And so, for people that outside zone, is there's two different types of outside zones where when they attack the tackle, I mean, the running backs running towards the butt of the tackle, they generally cut back, right? Eddie George used to tip it off all the time. Or they're trying to get on the edge. That's a, I used to call that super outside zone where they're not even looking to mm-hmm. cut back. Well, San Francisco ran towards the third team tight end side. See, that let me know that you weren't, you didn't have the ability to adjust. You know what I'm saying? So George Kittle and their backup tight end are the two best blocking tight ends on their team. And they play the most and have played the most all game. So the guy that comes off the bench that probably is on kickoff team, kickoff return and punt team and punt return, you're asking him to block Chris Jones, I think it was, and or George Koloftis. And you're the key block. If you miss that block, it's negative right away. Right. So that's what happened. Yep. So, again, 
is that the players or the coaches or the play calling? Because I like my I like my chances running left against your with your best player. That's Trent Williams is your best player, and he's a Hall of Fame left tackle. He's the best guy, best offensive lineman in the league. Mm-hmm. You have a Pro Bowl left guard and an adequate center and a blocking tight end, and you have Christian McCaffrey. So even if they dominated you on the right side, you're not going to get your. You're, he's going to be able to get two yards, and then you can run in. You know, you can run in and run. You know, short motion and crack. You can do a whole bunch of things. And San Francisco was killing them on toss plays, so you're not even setting the, your players up to to be successful. That's where I talk about like the the difference between being tough and thinking that you're tough, and it comes down to experience. And the hard thing about playoffs, Harrison. Uh, or just the NFL is like you never know if you're going to get back. Dan Campbell said it himself. Yeah, we. I mean, me and Jeff had that conversation. Fitness fanatics, like just right. just being a fan. I think his was 86 weight. You know, 21 years we get to 06. Right. It's my Super Bowl. We're 0 and 2. We'll wait 21 more years. Yeah. Maybe get into another one. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no promises. Well, things change. Players change. Like the Chiefs could come back with the same team, right? And they just don't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. The Bengals, they feel like their 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 window of the Super Bowl is wide open as long as they have Joe Burrow. Well, he gets hurt in like training camp or in mini camp, nagging injury in training camp. He starts to come back, gets healthy. Bengals start to go on a run. I think they won three or four in a row. Well, then he gets a hit like a like a just a I call it a drive by hit on the helmet, nerve damage, mm-hmm. out for the season, season over, done. I don't care what the Bengals third team quarterback did. And they had his girlfriend or wife up there, <laughs> and he used to play for the Vikings, and it was it blew up for a couple weeks, right? Yep, you're done. The Vikings went 13 and three or 13 and four mm-hmm. um, last year in the playoffs, lost. Kirk Cousins gets hurt. You pick up Dobbs. You go on a couple wins. Done. Season over. Same team. You have an injury, unfortunate situation. The Jets, same thing. Um, and then on the other side, you think Jacksonville is going to be able to make a run? Right, because they had you know play made the playoffs, so they should be primed another year. Trevor Lawrence is healthy. They look like garbage all year, mm-hmm. and they're probably the healthiest. And you got well, the Cowboys; they look great all year. Cow- well, I, I'm about to get to them last before we go to break. <laughs> okay. Then we have the Houston Texans, right? Yep. That paid two coaches to coach one year, two four year contracts, so eight years worth of contracts. Two of them got one year with one coach. One you you hired Lovey Smith, who was supposed to help you hire coaches. <laughs> You you interviewed the uh, Josh McCowan, who was a high school coach. Yep. For the heck, Heinz Ward. You were, you could the only thing I, as an alumni. Why didn't you hire, Why didn't you interview me? I would at least. You probably would have been nice. Lovey Smith. I'll never forget. Let me win this last game because screw you guys. Let right. Messed up this well, that's how he got, for that, you. Too. That's how he got fired. <laughs> yeah. Because he won the game. And, and, and so and it was against the Colts. Yeah. So so then you then so then you fire the coach that actually was supposed to be on your advisory committee. To hire the coach, he took the job. You fire him because he won the last game of the year. Because you're actually deep down mad because you got the number two pick when you should have. You wanted the number one, and then here you go. Um, you know, somehow, some way, the Carolina Panthers, who the owner and I think his wife wanted Bryce Young, and the head coach and the quarterback coach wanted C.J. Stroud, and the GM or who thought was he was the mm-hmm. GM. Well, he got manual overrided. Well, then next thing you know, the Houston Texans, who had internal problems with their GM, they were about to run him out of town mm-hmm. because he kept giving away these contracts to these two coaches, <laughs> David Culley and, and Lovey Smith. 
somehow drafts C.J. Stroud. So he's like, okay, you got it. Okay, this is our franchise court. But you still never know, mm-hmm. right? They were questioning him because of his wonderlick test. And, I, and the best quote for C.J. Stroud, he's like, look, I'm not a test taker. I'm, a, I'm, I'm here to play quarterback. I like it, though. You know, listen, he's like, yeah. I, I, I'm not here to take tests. And, and, and the Wonderlick test is stupid, right? Well, he put it to shame pretty quick there. Yes, he did. Very quick. The first practice, first, like, you know, yeah. I was down there. The first <laughs> practice, you're like, yeah, this dude's a dude. Well, then you get, then you bamboozle the Bears to let you trade up to number three, and you actually get the best player in the draft and Will Anderson Jr. And then next thing you know, C.J. Stroud, rookie of the year, was in MVP talks, and you make the playoff. So you just never, the, the moral of the story, you just never know. I mean, just think about the New Orleans Saints, right? Mm-hmm. Like every other year, somebody else wins the N- NFC South. Tampa Bay was dead in the water. They'd sign Baker Mayfield for like a bag of chips and and like a Coke yeah. and a sandwich, right? Uh, half price sandwich at Subway. He takes them to the playoffs. New Orleans Saints, you big money for Derek Carr. You have Michael Thomas coming back. You got Olave. You got a defense that always is supposed to be good. Dennis Allen's the coach. And you dookie down your leg the moment it was too big. And we won't even talk about the Chargers. And the Cowboys, I'm glad Pete Ferguson went early, but the Cowboys were just... That's where the Cowboys and Bills are in a weird category. Because it's like that's those are teams where it's like everything, quote-unquote, is going right in terms of health, injury, where players are at in their prime. But you're still falling short. And the, the clock's Cow- ticking. The Cowboys are more at fault than the Bills. The Bills have some deficiencies on defense. you got to think... Milano got hurt over there playing in that game in Germany, yeah. and he was their diff- he's an All Pro type, so that that's a big hole in your defense. Then the backup linebacker got hurt. Remember the they they signed AJ Klein, who was going he was he was packing up his RV to go on a family trip, and he's starting against the Chiefs, <laughs> you know. And they Patrick Mahomes was you know they they said they were checking milk. No offense, Harrison. When there's a white linebacker against somebody, they check called check. They were checking milk against him, you know, and. There's no. Why wouldn't you? I mean, that's well, why. That's why when Greenlaw went down, Chiefs did the same thing. Like, who's your yeah, backup? Yeah, and they destroyed. <laughs> yeah. But it'd be no different if they signed me right now. They're you did good against Pittsburgh, but Travis Kelsey's a little bit different than you know Pickett and and or Mahomes and Kelsey is a little bit different than Pickett and and uh, Fairmouth, the 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 uh, tight end from uh, Pittsburgh. So, um, you know, look. Uh, that's the thing, you know, things change in the NFL and it's, it's a hard business. It's a hard thing to do. And I, I mean, I've been on both sides where I, I, you know, stepped in the locker room in Buffalo. We go to the playoffs a couple of years, Music City Miracle, and they were on a tailspin for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, they're back on the uptick. But getting there is the hardest thing. Continued success is harder because what people, I'll say this before we go to break. The better you do, the harder your schedule is. So you're getting everybody's best shot. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, so Kansas City, they welcome it. They're going to get everybody's best shot. Yeah, it's like they, the Husker volleyball team. Right. No getting, one's sleeping on those guys. Right. And they hadn't won a national championship. So what do you think everybody in the NFC, who they're gunning for? San Francisco. They're getting everybody's best shot, and you got a lot of battle wounds. Deep down battle wounds. And with that being said, inside the huddle, we're going to take a quick break. Brought to you by Advanced Medical Imaging. We are going to... Take an advanced medical image into the deep battle wounds of them San Francisco 49ers (laughs) because they're deep. Jay Foreman, we'll be right back. 